everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, and we are talking the news of the day, Jawan James, and the fallout from his Achilles injury at an offside training facility. So we'll bring you up to speed on that. We'll talk about the state of the offense and potential replacements at right tackle as James Obviously, his season's over, career likely over, over as well. So we'll dive into that and uh, some of the draft picks on that side of the ball this year. Only a few of those to go over, of course. So, Ryan, first of all, news of the day. Hit us with it on Jawan James. And where's the latest on this? I know, obviously, NFLPA said he, they think he should get paid, but now uh, Broncos making a move. Yeah, only a moron could read that story in today's Denver Post and realize, what side are you taking What's the real story? So we had to spell it out for a couple of people on Twitter by digressing. Uh, we're taping this at 3.30 Friday, and James on the wire today was put on non-football injury. For those, uh, and it's a complicated thing, non-football injury is a list basically created for these kinds of situations. Jason Pierre-Paul blew off his thumb with fireworks. Uh, a college player is still recovering from his injury from that season. And what that does now, the Broncos officially have the latitude to withhold his money. He was due $10 million of guaranteed salary this year. The first the first check on that would not have been paid till week one, so you know that's no difference. Right. Two other things financially. If the Broncos really want to play hardball, they can go after some of his signing bonus, which would be um, – $12 million divided by four prorated, so $3 million of that salary. It gets a little more tricky if they want to go after the rest of it after this season. Uh, they could cut him right now, period. And, you know, like they, you know the semi-humane thing is putting him on NFI. Uh, to me, this means he's not going to play this year. Achilles is a tough injury to come back from at this stage. You know, Especially with his age yeah, and injury history. 30, 30 in June? But, you know, as I tweeted out, end of an error, E-R-R-O-R. Um, it, he got, what, played 50-some snaps and three halves of football in 2019. Big Fangio basically said he'd been cleared medically to play. James said no. He opted out of last year for coronavirus concerns, so he pocketed a couple hundred grand from doing that. His contract told to this year. Um, if you can think of a worse free agent signing in Broncos' recent history, uh, I'm all ears. I can't. You know, Ian Desmond's making the challenge for on, on the Rockies side, but on the Broncos side, and especially with the way it ended these past couple seasons, you know, after that injury-laden uh, season where he played just like you said, parts of three halves due to recurring knee issues, you're like, okay, is he going to bounce back? Well, then he opts out, then he tears his Achilles. So making John Elway look worse and worse here. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's a signing that the writing was on the wall you know, pretty early in 19. We never know if he would have played well. And, uh, you know, they felt they'd solved that gaping hole at right tackle, and they, they drafted Dalton Reisner at left guard. So they felt good about that line in 2019. You know, now you're back to the drawing board, you know, literally. Um, you know, right tackle right now, I don't think the week one starter is currently under contract. Calvin Anderson, you know, a couple members of the media mafia spent a lot of time this offseason. You know, he, he's going to get a shot. He did well. Well, for starters, he played one game. For starters, it was at left tackle. And right now the sense I get is the is George Payton, the Broncos GM, he wants a guy with right tackle experience. That's why you don't see them connected to Charles Leno from Chicago, a left tackle. 
So they got Bobby Massey, a former Bear right tackle, and uh, Dennis Kelly, former Titan right tackle, coming in for visits this coming week. If I'm them, I make a move on one of those. It doesn't mean you can't sign anybody else, but uh, you got to maybe create some competition there. DeMar Dodson, who started eight games there last year, maybe on the radar as you get closer to camp. You know, probably just telling DeMar at this point, just stay in shape. But, uh, and what do you think about Dalton Reisner? Because I know he's been floating. Yeah. He started at right tackle, final three years at KSU. Would they move him from left guard over to the right side to kind of piecemeal that together? Well, that's, and, and I, I've run into this a couple of times, and I've always talked to coaches who've always said the gamble with doing that is do you make two positions weaker? Because uh, now he's kind of playing catch up in the yeah. NFL at that position, and then you got left guard to yeah. still. Yeah. So, uh, my guess is plan A, they want to keep Dalton at left guard. And let's face it, he needs to play better this year. He wasn't as good as he was as a rookie last year. So, sure. you know, maybe keeping him there. He did start through as a right tackle. You know, that said, during OTAs, I would probably give him some reps there just as an emergency if they haven't signed anybody. But let's just throw a right tackle riser into the equation here. And I wrote about a little bit that, about this coming up on Sunday is move riser to right tackle. Do you give Nitane Mute a shot at left guard? Do you make Quinn Miners a shot at left guard? But last week, Big Fangio said they're going to they're have Miners learn center. To me, that means center's up for grabs between Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry. Would, would this change it? Don't know. But here's the thing about Mute. He's never stayed healthy in his entire football career. So is, is his lot going to be as a swing backup guy, break glass in case of emergency? If they do start at left guard, what are the chances to survive 17 games? I think is pretty low. So, you know, the GM's got his first crisis on field, and uh, we'll see how he reacts here uh, in the next couple weeks. So you mentioned Quinn Miners. That's a good segue to the second half of this first Norwich podcast, and that's kind of looking at the state of the offense right now. We won't get to the quarterbacks. We'll save that for a separate segment. But uh, we'll, we'll go kind of over the rest of the gang. And obviously the wideout crew is pretty set, uh, headlined by Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick as those deep threats. But let's look at the, especially those new guys. I mean, you got a 10-guy draft class and you got three offensive players, running back Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, whom you mentioned, and then Seth Williams, a six-round pick at wideout. So uh, Javante Williams it, getting the most hype, and he shed a lot of you know tackles in college. Can he do that? Can he be a complimentary threat to Melvin Gordon this year, at least better than Philip Lindsay was last year? I know they didn't really get to compliment each other that much, although the opportunity to. I think Javante Williams should start week one. I think Melvin Gordon should learn how to compliment him. You know, you Coming have, with the hot takes today. Right? Yeah, and uh, Melvin Gordon is a very good third down back. That's a John Elway signing. And, and, you know, a lot of people probably didn't understand it. I didn't. Um, you know, have Melvin play third down, get some work. I mean, I'd give Javante Williams every chance to win that week one job, first and second down, maybe some third down. You, you traded up in the second round to get him. You did not do that for him to watch for a year. Miners and in and and, and three of the ten picks on offense, but two in the first three rounds. So they went sort right. of quality over quantity. You know, Miners, um, as the Broncos freely admit, Division three player whose season was canceled last year. Who's very good against trees and blocking trees. That's yeah, that's what I've YouTube. heard. Um, so there's a transition for any player coming to the NFL. You, you maybe double that transition coming from Division three. Let's see how much of a quick study he is. And he seemed to be a quick study based off the Senior Bowl performance, but that's a Senior Bowl. That's not yeah. coming into the league trying to win time, win a job. Well, to his credit, he used that canceled season to reshape his body 
drop some weight, get stronger, and he had a good Super Bowl week until he broke his hand in playing the game. So, I mean, the Broncos traded down twice in that third round, and they still got a guy they said they uh, had rated high. So the Auburn receiver, he's a special teams guy. George Payton said that. To me, he looks like a practice squad guy because you got Tyree Cleveland who sort of plays the same role. you got Tim Patrick who could sort of play the same role, sort of a bigger guy. But uh, let's see if Williams makes the team because they have a glut at receivers right now. If they don't move any, Sutton one, Judy two, Hamler three, Patrick four. Deontay Spencer's got to be your fifth because he's a returner. And, and usually you only have five active, so maybe they do some uh, interesting roster math. So on offense, once they passed on the quarterback, I didn't expect them to take a quarterback, but and I didn't expect them to take a running back that high, but I think they sort of saw that Melvin Gordon's a free agent after the year, Royce Freeman's free agent after the year. Let's give this kid from Carolina a shot. And on the wideout side, I touched on it very briefly, but you got to feel probably the best about that position on the offensive side of the ball if you're a Broncos fan. That's any position. I mentioned Patrick and uh, Cortland Sutton coming back off the ACL, but of course, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, Broncos looking for those guys to take you know second steps forward here in their second season. Yeah, they drafted a receiver and they signed a couple or agreed to terms with a couple and I'm drafted free agency, so they have a rural logjam there. Um, you know that's the you know and I agree that's the position on offense they should feel the best about and along with cornerback on defense the the position you should feel best about on the entire roster. You know, get Cortland Sutton will be huge. Get him back from his ACL. That'll open things up for Judy, Fant, Hamler, Patrick, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, now you just need, need, the, uh, need to figure out who your quarterback is. And, and I get a kick out of these PFF guys who say, well, the, the Broncos have like the sixth best roster if you don't have a quarterback. Well, if we all had candy and nuts, we'd be all having a party right now. <laughs> if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, I should say, but... Uh, so I don't really pay too much credence to that. So they, they do have some issues left on offense, and right tackle is the latest one. First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on the Juwan James situation. And if or if not, the Broncos will be withholding that money from James for that Achilles injury offsite. Appreciate you listening in until today's show. And until next time, folks, take it easy.